Can't relate to cancel culture, hookup culture, or victim culture? (laughs) Well, neither could we. We created this platform for those other girls. Girls like us who want to give a different perspective from a Christian and conservative worldview. We talk about life, work, relationships, and everything in between. Let's be those other girls that don't just talk about culture, but change culture and bring back traditional values. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Those Are the Girls with Mallory and Friends. I'm Mallory. I'm Victoria. And we are changing culture and bringing back traditional values. Okay, you guys, we have a very hot button issue we're going to be talking about today. I'm so excited to talk about this. I've been wanting to talk about this for a while, and I'm really glad I found someone who's very knowledgeable on the topic and can discuss it. So we're going to be talking about the Equality Act that is now in the Senate. Um, And to talk to us about it, we have Amanda Keplin. She is the executive, she is an executive assistant on the House side of the Hill. She is getting her master's in business administration at Georgia Southwestern State University. And she is currently a Heritage Foundation's congressional fellow. And she has worked in the private sector um, as a assistant branch Amanda assistant branch manager i was about to say an assistant branch amanda are you assistant to the regional manager (laughs) (laughs) and then she's also loves traveling she's been to australia and china and she grew up in nebraska and um she loves getting brunch don't we all um being outdoors and going to the gym so amanda thank you so much for coming on and talking with us i really appreciate it yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. So what is your favorite brunch item? <laughs> uh, everybody else's, which is bottomless mimosas, but yes. uh, mm-hmm. definitely Eggs Benedict. Oh, me too. Mm. I love a good Eggs Benedict. See, I like my eggs like completely cooked. Oh, no. Then you like dip the potatoes in like the the eggs. And the- <laughs> <laughs> but tons of people like it and I'm glad you guys enjoy it I'm sure people listening are like Mallory you're crazy I just uh, (laughs) that sounds so gross but anyway um so I guess let's just start off with can you give us like a brief summary on the Equality Act because um before you do that I want to say like one thing that we talk about here on the podcast and we are thinking about and working on is how to make our conservative message not sound like sound as sweet and fluffy as the left because the Equality Act sounds wonderful. Everybody should be equal. We love everybody. Just agree with our equality. Can you like tell us what is really the Equality Act? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. There's a lot in this bill. It's 30 pages long, um, basically 30 pages. Essentially what the left is saying is just like ending discrimination, which like you said, sounds amazing. Um, but in reality, what it is doing is it's it's elevating sexual orientation and gender identity, um, not just sexual orientation. That's important to note the difference to a protected class status in pre-existing like discrimination laws, like at the federal level. Um, and these like discrimination laws they govern like public accommodation, um, employment public housing, um, federal finance assistance, and all that stuff. So 
in reality, like it sounds great. Um, but as we go along, like I can dive into what like all the definitions of those are and how they're kind of, you know, this bill goes in and it modifies it. So it's basically modifying the 1964 Civil Rights Act um, and adding, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation to all of those is essentially the summary of this bill. Um, and then the nitty gritty, there's um, just some really unconstitutional and kind of just chaotic and damaging stuff in it. Um, in my personal opinion, it essentially what it's doing is it's shifting discrimination from one group and putting it onto another group. Mm, okay. so you kind of go saying it's like an add-on to the Civil Rights Act and like the Civil Rights Act has been great as created equality for everyone. How is this different? Yeah, so it, it's different because the Civil Rights Act, uh, it outlawed pre-existing state-sanctioned discrimination um, that was causing, you know, systematic inequality and things like that. This, what it, this is doing, what the Equality Act is doing, which is different, is it's basically forcing every private citizen American to agree with controversial uh, government-imposed ideology rather than just, like, factual information. And I think that is the biggest, sorry, I think that is like the biggest thing about the gender identity because your gender identity can change and there's no, um, there's nothing concrete about a gender identity as opposed to, for example, your race, your race is your race. Like you can't change that. That's something that's decided with technically generations ahead of you. And it's decided when you come out, you are a specific race and your gender identity is just something made up. Exactly. It's very fluid and there's no really like concrete, like no one's really drawing a line and saying, well, you're, you know, you're biologically this, you're biologically that. Um, when you start talking about, you know, gender identity and, you know, gender fluidity and stuff like that. Okay. Um, so before we get into the questions that some of you guys submitted, I have another one. I mean, I guess, no, I'll ask it now. I guess my question is, how do we as conservatives or how do we as people in general who care about people, how do we go about talking about this without sounding so mean? Because like my concern is like when we post this, I know we're going to have people like I know some people who always comment on my stuff or like will send me a screenshot. How do we discuss this without um because it just sounds so fluffy. Like I said earlier, like equality act. Oh, everybody's great. We want to help everybody. How do we, what do we well, do? How do we talk about it without saying you're sexist? Yeah. Victoria always knows how to make my words smaller. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a, it's a really good discussion to have for sure. Um, actually in the 116th Congress, so we were, we're in this 117th now, they introduced kind of a, a similar equality act um, they called it the the Fairness for All, and it was kind of a conservative alternative to what is today the Equality Act. The key differences, though, were that it provided like religious exemption it um, for you know nonprofits or faith based organizations, which you know encompasses more than just like the Christian and Catholic religion. There's so many other religions that you know their doctrine you know doesn't allow for this or is thinks it's, you know, you know, morally incorrect. Um, and it also provided privacy 
um, you know, exemptions and regulations so that, you know, you weren't having the conversation of shared space and, you know, what if there's, you know, sexual predators that like, you know, just go into a shared space, um, you know, take advantage of, you know, laws now. Um, so there's, there's things like that, that we can, you know, be talking about too. And I think the beauty of the first amendment is that the government was supposed to stay out of, you know, this kind of stuff. Like it was never supposed to be this. It was supposed to be, you know, if you believe this, then you're free to do that. And it, it, the line is drawn when it interferes and you're like pushing it on someone else. That's kind of where the line was, you know, it was never supposed to be the government telling you what to do and kind of, you know, telling you what to believe and how to believe it. And you could practice your religion as long as you were being politically correct about it. Um, it, it just, it goes, the Equality Act just goes completely against all of that. Can you kind of more detail how it is against? Cause that's what I like, I'm confused on. Cause we really don't hear, I, I've just heard like, okay, Equality Act's bad um from republicans equality acts good like it gives equality to all women like we need to make sure our women are equal as men like that's what i'm hearing from the left like why is this actually bad um do you want the 30 second synopsis or like the hour synopsis let's do Um, the hour to be honest because i think (laughs) we need to unwrap this because like if you do the 30 second i'm still probably gonna be confused sure so the major thing, the, f- the first thing that's like a major issue with the Equality Act is that it doesn't provide exemptions for religious freedom, which Ooh, in and of itself okay. is uh, unconstitutional. So yeah. I'll, actually, I'll actually read the bill text. Um, yes, so on page 24, line 6 through 11, actually says the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 shall not provide a claim concerning or a defense to a claim under a covered title or provide a basis for challenging the application or enforcement of a covered title. So basically what that means is that if there was a dispute between like an L- an LBGTQ claim and like a religious organization, by default, the LGBTQ claim wins um, because there is no religious exemption and it's getting rid of, you know, me being able to say, you know, like the Supreme Court case that we saw with, you know, the baker um, mm-hmm. who didn't want to pr- uh, promote those messaging um, as a private organization, they should be able to claim the Religious Exemption Act mm-hmm. uh, or Restoration Act of 1993. This bill specifically says they cannot do that. Um, so that applies to, you know, public accommodations, which also in the bill, they went in and they expanded what the definition of public accommodation is basically cover every single industry at this point. Um, and it covers, you know, employment, public housing, and, and federal finance assistance. So none of those, you know, industries or those things that it covers would be able to claim a religious exemption. So say like a church, like I'm Catholic. So in the Catholic church, we, we don't have same-sex marriage. So say like this passes, so a same-sex couple wants to get married in a Catholic church. The priest says, no, we don't believe in this. They, The Catholic church could have get in trouble, essentially, for saying, no, like because of our religious beliefs, we don't believe in this. We're, we can't marry you. Correct. Yeah, they would actually be, it wouldn't just be like a, 
a hate crime anymore. It would actually be criminal charges and, you know, they would be subject to prosecution rather than protection because of their religious beliefs. Interesting. Okay. So that makes a lot more sense. So like, I I mean, okay. Wow. And so like I was saying with the, you know, the, the one, the bill that was very similar to this had similar language that was introduced last Congress. um, The fairness for all has that language in it that uh, provides for those religious exemptions and allows, you know, people to claim the religious freedom restoration act or cite that, which Honestly, it still baffles my mind that we had to have a Religious Freedom Restoration Act when we have the First Amendment of the Constitution. Right, that's what I was thinking. (laughs) Um, Which is crazy, but um, so there's bill, I mean, there was a bill like that last Congress, um, but this bill just is so radical and steps all over what we've known for, you know, 200 years as religious freedom. Yeah, this really bothers me um, because I'm just thinking of how far this can go um it's something like people want to push this there so when I was getting my master's um at region in law we had I don't remember which lawyer but one of the lawyers that was on the um baker cake case and she said that that man was just harassed and people kept trying to come and like they were trying to push the button because they just wanted to get things through they just wanted to and I'm just thinking about like people who are and I mean it's not just Christians or or Catholics or I mean temples I don't know their but they don't typically marry same-sex couples um mosque I know they don't marry same-sex couples it's not just a Christian or a Catholic idea um so this is very concerning and I'm just kind of shocked I mean I guess I'm not shocked that it got through the house. Um, do you think it's going to get through the Senate? It's honestly, it's tough to say. Okay. Thankfully, because of the the filibuster that still exists in the Senate, that it's it's tough to get bills like this that were strictly party line through the Senate still because um, the filibuster requires two thirds majority rather than just a majority. Um, so. And it's going to, you know, if it gets called to vote on the floor too, that could play a factor. Um, So I think we'll have to see what happens. Personally, I don't see it getting passed, um, at least not for a while, but um, because because of the filibuster. But if we got rid of the filibuster this, you know, term, then absolutely it would pass. Is there anything else in the bill? So you mentioned how um, there's no protections for religious uh, views. What else in the bill is bad? Um, so because of the, the changes in, in definition, it would actually, it kind of actually creates a loophole to have federal funding for abortion at federal mm-hmm. funding like clinics. Um, uh, let me see if I can find the actual, so it basically turns, you know, moral opposition to abortion into a um, act of discrimination. So, because, I mean, we're pro-life, like, we've been vocal about being pro-life, so we could essentially get charged, arrested and charged for being pro-life. Doctors could, yeah, if they work at federally funded. Well, even, like, us, like, us being vocal pro-life. Yeah, would it affect us? Um, I... 
I don't know um, unless it's like, you know, because it's more like federal discrimination laws that apply okay. to more like, you know, like those public accommodations and more like the employer side of things and like the medical side. Um, so like, for example, if we were to decide to get an intern and we, I mean, personally, I would want the intern to be pro-life. So if I found out the intern was not pro-life and we decided not to hire her, we could get in trouble for that. That's how we would get in trouble. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's crazy. So how this, how they get this through this bill is they redefine the term sex, um, in like the civil rights act movement, uh, to include, Male, female, pregnancy, childbirth, sex stereotype, or related medical condition. And okay, so pause two seconds, two seconds. Sex stereotype, what is that? Um, basically saying that let me let me see if I can how I can phrase this. Um it's basically saying that it's coercing all Americans to like adapt to this specific ideology viewpoint that marrying like a same-sex couple is totally okay and that that um the traditional values of marriage being heterosexual only is an act of discrimination now okay 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 keep going keep going okay so (laughs) um yeah sorry it's like all very confusing and I don't understand how like gender like works but me neither. I'm trying to learn. Like, I want to be able to have really good conversations with people because I think part of our problem is we don't get people on the other side. And I want to learn. It's just another problem with stuff like this is the American people, it's too fluffy. The American people don't know. We cannot. That's why I'm really glad you're on here. And you're doing a great job, by the way, like breaking it down. Cause I, and I'm, you see, I'm here with my notebook. Like, you're doing a great job. Cause we just don't know. We hear these things. Most people don't take the time to listen. And it's just, it's too much. They And they do it on purpose like that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, a great resource that like when I was kind of doing research on all of this and, you know, learning about it as it was going through the house and we were doing our different briefings and things like that. Um, I stumbled across an article by uh, John Paul Morgan in The Federalist. And he is, you know, an openly gay conservative And he, the title of it should say it all, but he, the title is why Democrats Equality Act is dangerous to gay people like me. Um, Oh, and I was on the Federalist. And basically that article was just talking about how, you know, this bill and being able to just constantly, you know, identify as a certain way or, you know, go from male to female right away actually kind of hurts the gay community um, unintentionally because, you know, it was always, you know, if you're gay, you're attracted to the same sex. Well, if sex is fluid, then nobody's gay. Yeah, or nobody's straight. gay. Nobody's no anything. Exactly. So How does it, that hurt the LGBT community? Um, because it essentially like erases them. Sex. Yeah, it kind of erases them. Um, and kind of just erases, you know, sex in in general. Like if I'm, you know. A, a lesbian let's say I was a lesbian and I'm attracted you know to females then the this kind of would say well you know you were just born the wrong gender so just become a, a male yeah it's kind of and, like what he was going with in his article 
And that kind of happens, like that mindset is what happens in, um, I don't remember the name of the country, but there's a country, I believe it's in the Middle East, and they have such a strong transgendered um, population, but it's only because they make people transition if they're gay. So it's really not helping anybody. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, going back to the the medical, um, you know, side of this and like forcing doctors to do certain things. Another part of this bill is that it would force, you know, doctors and counselors um, who are dealing with, you know, gender dysphoria or, or people who are struggling with their identity when it comes to gender to actually perform operations or give, you know, treatment or hormones uh, to satisfy some sort of, you know, gender affirmation. Oh, wow. It would be discriminatory. Wow. This is very frustrating that it got through, but I guess I'm also not surprised with what has happened. Um, And what are some of the consequences? So let's say a doctor stands up and says, I'm not going to perform an abortion. I'm not going to give this eight-year-old a gender reassignment surgery. What are some of the consequences? Um, so it would be, I mean, it would be the same consequences as if you were to, you know, break any other of the discrimination laws, which is criminal charges or prosecution, you can have lawsuits, um, all that stuff. And rather than being afforded, you know, protection under the First Amendment, right. or, you know, under a religious exemption, uh, you basically have no leg to stand on. Yeah. Wow. So we went over kind of the religious side, we went over a little bit about how it's pro-abortion how it hurts lgbtq community what else is wrong with this bill i mean that's pretty much the big points the big points um you know obviously there's little minute things you know in there but i just think the the consequences of those kind of two things alone are enough that this bill never should have been passed and never should have been introduced yeah. Um, because again, it's so, even with taking those things out, it's just so unconstitutional to begin with, you know, yeah. and it kind of draws like a deeper discussion into, well, why are bills like HR5 or the Equality Act or even HR1, this election thing that just passed, mm-hmm. um, why are they even getting introduced when they're clearly unconstitutional, um, you know, and we kind of adopted the constitution as our absolute truth when it comes to how we govern and you know, everything kind of goes back to that. Well, mm-hmm. these clearly are not. So why are they still getting passed? Um, so I think it, it's, a, it's a deeper discussion to, to be had for sure. Yeah. And I think to me, what concerns me the most, obviously, is the abortion aspect. But I think what is just very concerning, I think a very um, cultural thing is adding the gender aspect about how um because gender is like the way people make it you can just wake up one day and say you're a boy wake up one day you say a girl and that is just such a reflection of our culture and I just and I think that's why we have to work on changing our culture that's why we have to work on going back to more traditional values and I that just really wow so much in it that you know you don't see on social media um even from you know conservatives who are like against it you just aren't seeing like why this is bad and like the specific aspects and I think that 
you know, the, the message from conservatives, you know, yes, we're against it, but like, here's, here's why. And it's actually, you know, you can spin it in a positive. It's like, well, of course I'm anti-discrimination. Um, but this isn't solving discrimination. It's just moving discrimination from one group of people to another group of people, which begs the question, well, who is getting to choose which group is getting discriminated against and why are they the ones that are choosing this? Is Mm. it wokeness? I mean, and then who defines that? So it's, there is no absolute, you know, absolute truth anymore, I guess. Yeah. You know, and question, another, thing, I just lost it. another thing too, th- this is the one thing that you are seeing like more mainstream about HR 5 or the Equality Act is how it is negatively impacting females um, because, you know, it this act essentially nullifies a lot of the opportunities that were in Title IX. So like protections for females and, um, you know, different like shared spaces and things like that. Um, because of the language that's introduced, like gender identity. Um, obviously, we've seen it, you know, with sports uh, mm-hmm. or males, even not even transgenders anymore, just males being able to identify as a female and go play sports. I mean, what's stopping, you know, a straight male from being like, oh, well, I'm not really, you know, the best basketball player um, when it comes to like male qualifications or standards. So I'm going to identify as a female, go dominate in the female and I'll get that scholarship. You know, um, so there's nothing really protecting that, Um, you know, and again, with the shared facilities and the privacy of aspect of all that, you know, that's, that's something that is goes both for females and males. Like, I don't think males want females like using their locker rooms. Yeah, I think about um, homeless shelters. Um, You know, a lot of women in homeless shelters are in homeless shelters because of domestic violence. So if you are having issues with men right now and you're trying to be in a safe space, you're not going to want to have, you know, look over and there's a man beside you. And I know that's sad. And my, I, my heart genuinely goes out to homeless trans, the homeless trans community, because there is a large homeless trans community. But at the same time, you know, there has to be something else because also too, I mean, how uncomfortable are they going to be when everybody's whispering when people are uncomfortable? Like there just has to be an alternative. And I don't, I also don't think it's fair for organizations because a lot of shelters are run by religious organizations. I don't think it's fair for them to have to uh, accommodate for that person. And once again, my heart really goes out to them. People listening, I don't want you to think that I don't care but I mean, we have to think about everyone in this situation. So there should, I think there should be a trans shelter. I think there are places coming up like that now, but I think there should be, there should be more of them and they should be more accessible for that community. But I mean, we, it's, I just think my heart just really goes out to the women who are possibly in a situation like that. You're leaving um, a domestic violence situation and you look over and you're in a shelter with your children and there's a man it's just, that's so difficult. <sighs> so what I've seen a lot is that Dems are comparing this to the Equality Act from like the 1970s and that um, we need to pass that to get an amendment on the Constitution. Like I've seen, because we're in here in North Carolina, I've seen um, North Carolina like House and Senate members trying to pass it like to get that on the floor to vote to make it an amendment because I think we only need like one or two more states to make 
to pass that and make that amendment. Is that is this the same thing? Um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm more familiar with like federal like house legislation than I am with like. Well, I mean, is this the same thing as like the Equality Act they were trying to pass in like the 1970s? Is that what like they're trying to act? 1964, the one in 1964. That's the civil rights. There's okay. one like that was targeting like women because they felt like women were left out of the Civil um, Rights Act. I'll look it up real quick. Um, yeah, I'm not familiar with it, honestly. Okay. Yeah, that's because something I was wondering, because I feel like the big thing like I'm hearing about this is like, this is great for women. This is great for women. Um, is there anything in there that is actually good for women? There's really nothing in there that isn't already provided in the civil, uh, this 1964 Act, Civil Rights Act already, because, you know, the Civil Rights act already includes sexual orientation and sex um so it's already like and we have title nine and we have we have all all these things that you know feminist past and present to give them some credit have worked towards um and i think that this just kind of undermines a lot of what they've you know generations of females have worked for Mm -hmm. um I mean, by, again, by, I think by my personal opinion, by adding gender identity and, um, you know, just kind of a gender fluidity language to this stuff actually harms females more than it would benefit them. Um, So I don't think that there's really anything in there that benefits females that we don't already have. So kind of going back to what, I found it. So some of the uh, North Carolina Democrat senators have proposed a bill, Senate Bill 15 in North Carolina, to ratify the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, They're saying it's hard to believe that my daughter will... um, that They're saying that hopefully my daughter will be able to enjoy the same constitutional recognition as her brother. Is is this what we're talking about with this um, bill, or is this something different? I think it's two different things. Okay. That was just something I was a little confused about. That's interesting. I'd love to do an episode on that, though. I, I wrote that down. That's very interesting. Um, so let's get to some of the questions people asked. The first one was, how does it affect Christian schools? But you kind of already answered that. Um, and then the next one is, can you compare this to the... Can you compare the Equality Act to the Equal Rights Amendment? Is what someone said, and you kind of did that. I think that was what I was asking. Talking about, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then the next one is how does it apply to churches and religious organizations? You answered that. You did a great job. One thing I will add about the uh, Christian schools, um, those are all not necessarily Christian schools, but schools in general, is that, um, so if you're a college student and you're looking to get financial aid um, and you are, you know, going to a faith-based school, um, if that faith-based school does not allow transgender or, you know, gay or whatever, or is same-sex schools, um, you cannot give federal financial aid um, because those would be, that's considered discrimination um, if they don't allow that. So if um, schools have female-only sororities or, uh, you know, male-only fraternities, and they like don't most allow do. most, yeah, like most, <laughs> um, and they don't allow 
the gender identity um, transfer and, and merging and shared fraternities and sororities, um, as a student, you wouldn't be able to get financial aid to go there. Um, so you'd have to pay for that all out of pocket. And that also applies to, um, you know, any high schools or middle schools that are like, you know, prep schools or all girls schools or all male schools. Um, if they don't allow for, you know, the gender identity thing, um, then they won't be able to get any federal grants. Wow. So it affects, like, this is something I think, once again, it's so fluffy. I don't think people understand, like, what it affects or, like, who it affects. And, you know, we can just stop right there with the whole uh, sorority and fraternity thing. I know some girls that would consider themselves liberal, but they hear something like that. Like, I love my sisters. Why would I want to got like, these are things that we need to be talking about. Like, I, I, I do wish, I mean, maybe they just don't have the time or they can't, but I do wish some more people that were like Republican in the house were like doing a little bit better job, like letting us know, but that's why we have this podcast. <laughs> um. Wow, that's crazy. So how does it affect taxpayers was one of the questions. Two people asked that, actually. Um, so, it, I mean, it doesn't really affect taxpayers except for, you know, obviously, like, I don't like that my tax dollars are going to be going towards, you know, federally funded abortions. And there's a lot of right. things that I don't like my tax dollars going towards. Um, this, I mean, this would be one of them, but it's not really an added expense for taxpayers um all it's really doing is discriminating against um a different group of people so okay okay it doesn't really affect taxpayers in that you know there's going to be like an added cost um to it it's just that you know your tax dollars that are funding you know these federally funded organizations um if they don't accept this and or if they do accept it, then your tax dollars are going towards that or getting you know funded towards that. Okay. Okay. Same um, with like schools, um, you know, that get federal grants and stuff like that. You're if they accept this, you know, as their policy and they go forward with it, your tax dollars would essentially be going towards, you know, this ideology. Mm. Okay. Um, the next question is, is this an adjustment or an add-on to Title IX at all? Or I guess, I mean, you kind of answered that too already. Kind of. It, I, I don't know the exact specifics, but I know that it 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 will it nullifies a few of the things in Title IX, but I didn't oh. do a deep dive and like look at what exactly those are. Yeah. Okay, um, so that's all the questions that everyone asks. I do want to, I want to ask one more question. I'm just thinking about how to word this. I just thought of this. Um, I wonder if I could find in the actual bill, because I know I read it where it talks about Title IX. Okay. I don't want to take too much time, but. Yeah, if not, it's totally okay. Um, it ju- it sounds like, it, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I learned a lot in this discussion. This is probably, I tried to listen to a few podcasts about it. And I feel like this was, you did an amazing job. Like, this was a very good. Thanks. <laughs> very good explanation. Um, 
Yeah, and if you find with the Title Nine effects directly, uh, we can do. Actually, would you mind doing a guest blog post on our blog? Yeah, about- sure. <laughs> yeah, so you can just put it in there. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Um. So, and I guess like last question on this is, why are people supporting this? I guess like, what is the draw? Like when people why are like are Democrats supporting this. Yeah. That is really the age old question. I don't know why Democrats support a lot of what they support. Uh, to be completely transparent, um. Because I guess, I guess real quick, like they're a huge part of their base is the LGBTQ community. This hurts the LGBTQ community. I don't understand why they would want to hurt this part of their voting block. I think a lot of it has to do with I think they're so confident in their ability to message this, you know, as the Equality Act, and we're actually helping you, and you know, you know, we're all for transgenderism and and things like that. That they. They, I don't think they really expect people to do a deep dive into what is in half of these bills. Um, for example, the recent American Rescue Plan, the COVID bill that passed the House that's now in the Senate, um, they they put out a statistic, and I think it's like less than 20% of the funds of that bill actually go towards COVID relief. Wow. Um, you know, so it's just things like that. But, you know, you hear Equality Act, and it sounds amazing. You hear, you know, American Rescue Plan, and it's it sounds amazing. So, like, I think they're really, you know, confident in the fact that they can message this, um, you know, really well, you know, in, in 2022 and 2024 and things like that, and be like, look what we got past the House, you know, we're, you know, politically woke, you know, whatever. Um, and I think, you know, from a, I'm a Christian, so from a Christian perspective, I think it's, you know, it's just, an effort to kind of break down like the nuclear family and mm-hmm. society and like that's another podcast on like the, yeah. the nuclear family and society <laughs> um you know and it just I, I don't I don't I mean I don't know why they support it yeah <sighs> well thank you so much I'm sorry just because this is very frustrating and I my concern is I I really am concerned about people and I'm concerned that people are just not going to understand or they're not. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I said, they're just not going to understand why we are against it. And they're just going to think we're these mean, evil people. And it's because we care. There's so many times I've had conversations about so many different topics and I'm explaining like, to, it takes a minute to get from A to B to explain why this is actually better and why we care. And I just feel like this is just another one of those topics that because the left is just so good at messaging, they're so good at like the fluffiness, people are just not really going to understand. But the best we can do is just get the information out. Yeah. And we really want this platform to be something that like gets information out. We want you to, those of you listening, to listen and learn and to be able to at least a little bit articulate why X, Y, and Z is good and X, Y, and Z is bad. So, but Amanda, honestly, thank you so much. This was such a good episode. Um, We, I mean, I know I learned a lot. Um, I came in knowing nothing, so I definitely learned a lot. (laughs) I'm glad. I I hope that I was able to like shed some light on like what it is and, um, you know, all that stuff. And there are, you know, conservative, uh, 
alternatives to bills like this that you know deal with the trans community and, and things like that. And I think as conservatives, we can we have a solid platform to stand on if we're you know offering those a solution. And and really like our messaging is that you have the freedom of choice. So like if you're a faith-based organization and you want to break from doctrine and you want to serve those people, you have that you're absolutely allowed to do that. Um, there's nothing, you know, saying that you can't do that. And, you know, same, you know, same with, you know, if you're a faith-based organization and you don't want to break from doctrine, there's nothing that's saying that you can't do that either. And that's, I think that's the beauty of our first amendment and, um, all that stuff. So on a positive note. Yeah. (laughs) Um, also too, could we call, we can call our senators and tell them to not, to vote no. Is that a possibility? So Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't, I don't know how it is in every office, but I know in our office, um, you know, we collect all that data and we use it, um, you know, when we're kind of reviewing different bills to sponsor, what issues are really important for our district. Um, So I don't know how, how, you know, all the other offices work, but um, I know in our office, we really care about what do our constituents think and what, you know, what are issues that are like near and dear to their heart. Um, So yeah, definitely call your senators. Yeah, what's everybody. Most, oh, sorry, sorry, what's most effective? Phone calls, letters, Facebook messages. What's the best, in your opinion, what's the best way to reach our senators? The best way is whatever gets into the hands of his, their legislative staff. Um, not necessarily like them themselves. Um, so definitely the legislative staff. And like some some offices, you know, don't have you know, the ability to like call and leave a message, but they have like online platforms to like contact us to kind of like streamline all that stuff. Um, you know, or they're, you know, or if their messages turn on, it's probably their comms team that's doing it. Um, so it, it really varies by office. Um, but you really want to try to get in contact with like their legislative staff. Um, cause they're the ones that handle, you know, the day, the day in and day out stuff. And, um, but one thing I will say, like, just be very respectful like I know it's yes I know it's very frustrating and all that stuff but there's nothing worse than like getting a million calls a day and it's just like a bunch of angry people yeah um so yeah just be be respectful and and really either either yeah we've talked a lot on this show about how you can't get your message across if you're being a butthead to (laughs) your politicians and their staff yeah 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 and we other girls we don't do that we call respectfully we say our grievances we say thank you so much for listening and we have a good day then we pray about it like that's we don't have to do all the extra you don't have to be mean to people just tell them the facts and then move on okay um victoria do you have anything else you think we should ask or no that was very eye-opening thank you so much yeah thank you so much we really appreciate it yeah, thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, if anything else is coming up, if you don't mind coming back and talking to us, if you want to run in seat on the show, just... And you can be your federal correspondent. Yeah, if you want it, it's yours. Um... I don't know if I'm that expert, too, but I can definitely, like, do the research. <laughs> I know we're putting you on the spot, but seriously, this is so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, of course, anytime. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you guys learned and you took some notes. Um, Make sure you contact your senators. Make sure you get to their legislative um, staff. Also, make sure you are signed up for our virtual summit. It is March 27th. It is quickly approaching. We're going to talk about topics like this. We're just going to do a lot of like 
conservative girl talk. So grab a group of your friends, get in your pajamas, and then you'll be able to log on. Or you can dress up, whatever you feel like doing, because you can do it in your own home. All right. Anything else? I think that's it. Did, right. Do we have where we're doing donations this month? I know we talked. We haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about that. So (laughs) if you want to donate, you can donate to us. The link is on our site. Okay, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Those Other Girls with Mallory and Bailey. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Head over to our website, thoseothergirls.com, to read our blogs and receive exclusive content. And connect with us on Instagram at Those Other Girls Podcast and on Twitter at TOG underscore podcast. Those are the girls changing culture and bringing back traditional values.